0: chapter six of carpenter's geographical reader asia by frank carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b home life in japan the best place to study a people is in their own homes and we can learn much by spending a night in a japanese house these people live simply and although there is some difference in the comforts of the rich and the poor the home of the well to do family which we shall visit today will serve as a type for that of Japan. We take shahs and soon reach our friend's dwelling. It is an unpainted frame building of two stories with a heavy roof of black earthenware tiles supported by gray wooden posts which rest upon stones. We can see clear through the house and get a glimpse of the beautiful garden lying behind. The outer walls have been pushed back for the day and the air rushes through on all sides we see almost the whole house before we leave our gin rickshaws and wonder at first if the family has not moved away the rooms are all bare and there is nothing like our american furniture in sight where are the tables there are none for the japanese do not use tables like ours where are the chairs those cushions which lie on the mats take their places for these people prefer to sit on the floor how clean everything is the road at the front is well swept we can see ourselves in the strip of bare boards which runs round the inner walls of the house like a porch and the rooms back of this are covered with matting of the cleanest white straw this matting forms the carpet of japan it is not woven in strips like that sent to america but in soft mats three feet wide six feet long and twice as thick as this book each mat is bound around the edges with black cloth and when all are fitted closely together over the room the floor is covered with panels of white bordered with black the mats are the same everywhere and the size of the room is known not as so many feet wide and so many feet long but by the number of mats required for the floor how is the house heated there are no stoves in sight and no cellar or basement in which a furnace might be hidden the house has no chimney and we see no signs of stovepipes the heating is done by little brass-lined boxes filled with ashes in the centre of which a handful of charcoal is burning these boxes are known as hibachis they are common all over japan they form a poor means of heating and as winter comes on the people keep warm by putting on more underclothing so that the nation appears to be growing fatter and fatter as the weather grows colder but how can they cook without stoves they have little clay ovens in which they put charcoal and they boil and fry over the coals let us go into the house as we approach a little maid servant comes to the front she gets down on her knees spreads out her hands on the floor and bumps her head on the mats in order to show us respect she asks us to take off our shoes and come in the japanese never wear shoes in the house and we have already learned it would be far more polite to keep our hats on than our shoes so in our stocking feet we step up into the house and take our seats on the cushions very soon some of the family come in they bow low kneeling down and bending again and again to the floor as they rise they draw in their breath with a loud half whistling sigh as though they were overcome by the honor which we are conferring upon them by calling we suck in our breath as we bow in return then the maidservant brings in a little box of charcoal for lighting our pipes for in japan every one is expected to smoke she next fetches a tray which she places before us on the floor it contains a porcelain teapot and some tiny cups each about the size of half an eggshell she again falls to her knees and offers them to us with a bow we drink in japanese style sipping the tea with a loud noise to show that we like it but here come the children who have been playing in the garden back of the house they are dressed like their parents and they bow to us in the same way they are very respectful for all japanese children honor their fathers and mothers and for one to have a bad child is disgraceful the mother takes one of the little boys in her arms and rubs her cheeks against his it is in this way that the japanese show their affection they do not kiss or shake hands though boyfriends and girlfriends often go about with their arms around one another's shoulders what is that on this little one's back that is a doll the little one is carrying her baby the japanese mother often goes about with the baby tied to her back and the children sometimes do the same with their dolls as soon as a girl is old enough she is taught to take care of her little baby brother or sister that way and as we ride through the streets we shall see many children with live babies hung on their shoulders a girl of eight or nine years will often carry a baby so tied and take it about as she plays the baby blinks through its queer eyes at the great world around it and when it grows tired it drops its head on its shoulder and goes fast asleep while the little nurse keeps on making mud pies playing ball or otherwise amusing herself our japanese friends invite us to take supper with them and stay overnight They entertain us in the parlors which are at the back of the house. Soon they tell us that the bath is prepared and that as the honored guests we are to have the first turn. The Japanese are exceedingly cleanly and every well-to-do home has its own bathroom. It is a sign of good breeding to ask a guest to have his bath first. The custom is such that all the family, no matter how many the children, bathe in the same water and in the same tub and the servants get in at the last. This seems strange to us but we learn that no soap is used until after leaving the tub one cannot cleanse himself without soap and the hot water in the tub is used to merely open the pores of the skin after leaving the tub the bather has a basin of water and soap with which he washes all over rinsing himself clean with fresh water there are public baths in all the japanese cities and in tokyo alone there are more than ten hundred in which several hundred thousand people bathe daily the cost is but one cent a bath so that even the poorest can keep himself clean the little maid servant comes and leads us to the bath it is a neat little room with movable walls of white pine she pulls a section back and we enter in one corner a stream of cold water flows through a wooden pipe into a barrel from which a trough carries it off into a little brook in the garden outside From this barrel we shall get cold water after we are through with our bath, and with that shining brass basin which we see on the floor, we can pour cold or warm water over our bodies after using the soap. The bathtub is of wood. It is much like a short oval barrel. Under it burns a fire of charcoal with a stovepipe running up through the water at the back of the tub, this pipe being protected by a strip of white pine which keeps one's body from touching it the water steams slightly but from its appearance it is no warmer than milk when fresh from the cow so having undressed we jump in phew how hot it is the water is almost boiling and we gasp as we sink half scalded to the bottom we quickly climb out finding our skins as red as a beet and the little servant who stands outside the wall and peeps in giggles as she enters and hands us our clothes the japanese are fond of hot baths and the people of all ages from grandparents to babies half scald themselves every day by this time supper is ready and we enjoy a japanese meal we sit on the floor as we eat and each has his own table which is not quite a foot high and little more than a tray the first course is sweet cake and candy with sake a beverage made from fermented rice it is brought in by a little maid-servant who kneels down and bows low as she hands it to us next comes a soup made of beans and with it some raw fish cut in slices and served with a queer sauce called soy this is of a dark brown color and is made of a mixture of vinegar salt and fermented wheat then there are salads and pickles of various kinds there is a dish of stewed eels and after that some green pears as hard as a stone so served because the japanese like this fruit green the supper closes with rice and tea the rice is brought in to us in a round wooden box of the size of a peck measure it is offered again and again for the theory is that no one need go away hungry if he has plenty of rice the tea is served in little cups and we observe that our japanese friends sometimes pour hot tea into their rice throughout the meal we watch our friends eat and as far as possible, imitate them. The soup is served in bowls of the size of a large coffee cup. Each has his own bowl, and we sip the soup by raising the bowl to our lips. As to the fish, rice, and salad, we do our best to eat them with chopsticks, but it is no easy task. If you will balance two long slate pencils between your thumb and two fingers, and try to pick up grains of rice or bits of other food with their ends, you can see how we eat it takes a long time and it is only the politeness of our japanese friends that keeps them from smiling as our food drops on its way to our mouths the japanese eat three meals a day a breakfast on rising a dinner at noon and supper at sunset they seldom have more than two courses and eat less than we do they are good cooks and many of their dishes are fit for a king they make delicious fish soups and have fish cooked in all sorts of ways They eat but little meat except that of fowls, and butter and cheese are not common. Rice takes much the same place that bread has with us. It is usually steamed so that each grain is separate from the others, and is eaten without sugar, as a cereal or vegetable, and not as a pudding. Some of the people are so poor that they cannot afford rice, and millet and other grains are used in its stead. The Japanese have delicious sweetmeats, and they make one kind known as Midsuami, which is much like fig paste or a stiff candy jelly of the color of honey this is delicious and moreover it is of such a nature that it will digest other foods the weakest stomach being able to stand it it is also used as a syrup after we have finished our supper with our japanese friends we sit with them a while on the floor the neighbors come in and chat with us both women and men smoking little pipes as they talk we play games with the children and the girls show us their dolls in this way the evening rapidly passes and at last our callers having left the time comes for sleep now there is a commotion the servants go out and pull the sliding walls too until the whole building is a well-closed box ventilated only through the cracks at the corners they have shut up the house for the night for some time we have been wondering where we should sleep we have seen no sign of a bed and when our friends take us upstairs to the room in which we are to stay we find it as bare as the parlor below our little maid-servant however goes to one side of the room and slides back a board which hides a recess in the wall from this she pulls out armful after armful of soft thick comforts or quilts and lays them upon the matting one over the other turning down the top one for a cover we look about for sheets and are told that the Japanese do not use them but the maid gives us long cotton kimonos as nightgowns instead we ask for pillows and she hands each of us a block of wood of the size of a brick with a roll of soft paper on top she shows us how to fit this under the neck allowing the head to hang out over the edges we try it but find that though it may do for japanese children who are accustomed to it it will not do for americans and so we roll up our coats and use them instead. The house grows quiet. We are tired with our long day sightseeing and within a few moments have dropped off to sleep and are dreaming of home. End of chapter six.